What's up, guys? It's Kevin here. Welcome back to the Godson Podcast. Today, we're going to be discussing communication and the relationship between religion and sexuality. Ooh. Welcome, everyone, to your uncensored space to realize God's pace and plan for your life. Conversations and messages from people who are true representations of Godsends and will inspire you to experience and become a Godsend for others as well. I'm your host, Raymond Chi, and this is the Godsend Podcast. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Godsend Podcast. I'm your host, Raymond Chi. And on today's episode, I have the pleasure of interviewing someone that um, I actually just recently met, but honestly have had the pleasure of just connecting with and am further curious to just dig into his life. Um, but this is someone that I'll just give a brief background real quick is someone that has worked um in the industry, meaning like the Hollywood industry, um, both within the Asian market and the non-Asian market per se, the American market. And um, furthermore, he is just a content creator, producer, um, everything. I, I'm sure he'll touch on that, uh, what he's done throughout his life. But um, it is, if I'm not mistaken, Level 4 Alpha. Oh, yes. Right? Yes. And um, the star of Opa's House, or one of the stars of <laughs> Opa's House on YouTube. Please check that out. I'll leave all the links and plugs. But the man himself, Mr. Kevin Fong. What's up? Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Um, thank you again just for your time and just for the beautiful space again. Um, but yeah, without further ado, like I won't waste time. Could you kind of just start from the beginning then kind of take us back to the beginning i guess from where you started and just how your life started and whatnot yeah totally uh -huh. um but before i can't hear myself oh my gosh can you hear yourself now testing yes i can oh my gosh did i just make that mistake again sorry audience <laughs> sorry kevin but he can hear you now right correct we're good okay correct we're good to go thank you guys perfect yeah so if you could just go how far back are we going so let's go far back to like um we spoke off camera. You're Nevada. So you started out in Vegas. Got it. Okay. Um, okay. So we got the time stone. We're going to go back in yeah, time. Yeah, we're going to go with the cool. <laughs> okay. Um, military brat. Uh, mm. Born in Merced. Then moved around every three years. Ooh. And then mostly, um, mostly Vegas, I would call home base. Because that was elementary school to high school. Really? I would say. Yes. So... In so ultimately you grew okay so your your father was a military person yes and then um you are half Filipino and half Chinese correct oh, yes yeah Chinese yes. yeah my the Fong side my dad's side uh -huh. I think they've been in like the U S for a very long time my dad really? is like fourth generation. Oh my yes. goodness, I did not know I that. I personally think they were like working on railroad. They have been here for a long <laughs> time. And then my mom hopped on a blade. On on honestly, I think it was a boat too. <laughs> she came, she moved to Guam, and then that's where she met my dad because my dad was stationed there. Oh, I see. So, And did you mention, wait, were you the only child, Kevin? Or No, I'm the oldest of three. You're the oldest of three. Correct. You have a uh, brother, sister? Got a brother and sister, uh each a couple years apart mm -hmm. and then now we're like all adults now it's so weird are but, you guys all spread out like you were in la by the way but of course like are you guys all spread out or? yes we've always had this mentality i think because we were in the military uh -huh. we we're so used to moving everywhere wow. so 
one, and we've always been in a way very conditioned that we were going to go to college. So we Typical all Asian route. Correct. We pieced out of Vegas because we did not want to be in Vegas. And then we all went to like a different college. Oh, in the end. Right? Correct. Correct. And if you don't mind. Um, so how was how was it growing up? You know, you were a military brat, but how was it growing up in high school and whatnot? And mm, I didn't realize I was token Asian um, until I moved or actually until I went to college and I found other Asians because I went to University of Hawaii. And I was like, oh, this is what it's like to be more of the majority than the minority. Wow. And I think when you're in high school and especially middle school, you're just like rebelling a lot, I guess. So I didn't realize I was craving like specifically Asian American content, LGBT content until I could actually like make it myself. Oh, okay. So. Then, then thank you for touching on that. Like your homosexuality, right? Mm -hmm. Was this something that, cause there's obviously this argument between like, you know, people are born gay or they become gay and all these things, but we spoke off camera briefly about it. Like, what was it or what is, how was it for you? How did that play a role in your life? Were you someone that just became gay or like you just always knew from a young like, like, <laughs> I think I always knew, but I didn't have a term for it. When you're like six years old, mm, you don't really have mm. the vocabulary to really describe how you're feeling. feeling. And I was always attracted to feminine things, mm. but I knew I didn't want to become a girl. I liked mm. being a boy, but I was just like, I wanted to hang out with boys. With boys. In a way. First crush, uh, Jason from the Power Rangers. <laughs> the Red from Power Rangers. The, is he the Red Ranger? Yes, he was. He wore a lot of tank tops. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. Let's explore that. Uh -huh, uh -huh. And I think I was just always pretty feminine growing up. And I think it wasn't until someone, like either it was my mom or my dad, I honestly don't remember where mm. they told me not to act cer a certain way. Uh -huh. So that's, I think, where a lot of, you know, I was analyzing how I was supposed to act in certain situations. So, so what, what was that, if you don't mind me asking? Like I think I, like, tried on high-heeled shoes or something. <laughs> <laughs> and then they were like, no, you don't do that, you know? Uh -huh. And I didn't know. I was, like, you're as children, you don't know what right and wrong is. You not just yet. kind of try it. You know? Trial and error, right? Correct, kind of. correct. Then... Um, I think this was kind of awesome that you mentioned was, uh, like most parents with like, you know, if their children, you know, turn out to be homosexual, mm -hmm. like, especially like Asian parents, mm -hmm. very conservative, right. Cultural, like, you know, issues and impact and yeah. whatnot. But you told me your parents were actually like an anomaly in the sense they were super in a way, supportive, right? I and, think my mom was more accepting mm -hmm. and uh, understanding of it because she grew up with like gay uncles and oh, gay cousins. Okay. So she, she just knew how to mm. handle it. And I think for my dad, when, you know, as a dad, you kind of have, and when you have children, you have this imagined life of how it's supposed to look like yeah. in a way. And I think back then, and especially still now, there's just no resources of how to have a gay kid. And you also... I think in a way you want to protect them because you just know how the world operates. So I think there was a lot of learning to do mm. from both ends. If you don't mind me asking then, Kevin, like, was there like certain, was there a hump that you guys had to get over kind of, or was it kind of like, cause you kind of said like, Oh, your parents knew. Yeah. In the back of my okay. Day, like, all parents know. Oh, you, really? just, I, you have okay. a feeling and I think it's one of those where, okay, how do we deal with it? How do we communicate this or like, 
let Correct. them share Correct. first. Uh-huh. And I think it's a big test for a lot of parents to go, okay, if this is the route my child is going to go, what do I do? And I think I've been super privileged and super blessed that they were pretty understanding of it mm. and they did not really try to convert me into another path or try to really stop it that's awesome you know mm. so but once i went to college i was like uh-huh i'm on my own bye <laughs> see you later i'm gonna explore things all right so like okay then let's shift to college okay. right so you're at hawaii right mm-hmm. like tell me about that how was that experience and then obviously it shifted from i'm sure like high school which was probably you know struggle somewhat mm-hmm. and then college like you said you you're, you can be anyone you essentially want to correct. be right correct i think i i went to high school during a really pivotal time because at that time uh will and grace was a really big show um, and the first version of queer eye came out so honestly oh it was pretty cool to be gay is that the one with um what's his name carson yes I- with carson cressley like old school tim um old what's school. it called alan something alan yes cook? yeah see you now i know you, you watch those that- see y'all already know <laughs> that's fire uh-huh. but there was a lot of my like my circle of straight guy friends it was around the time where metrosexuality was a thing. Uh, so it was honestly embracing a lot of the, like the femininity of being a gay guy, but I you're see. a straight guy. So <laughs> I was just super blessed, honestly. And then when I went to college, it was a time for me to just really find my own, uh, my own way of like navigating the world and uh-huh. making my own mistakes. And yeah, just being, being super gay. <laughs> what I did. Wait, what did you major in? in film. Film. <laughs> so yeah, so that, that obviously connected and had an influence, right? Correct. Um, And then you mentioned that you were in a relationship <laughs> during college, right? Yes, yes. Do you mind, like, and I'm sorry to ask, but you said that was kind of one of your regrets, like kind of minor regrets was yeah. being in a relationship during that time in college. Can yeah. you kind of touch on like of why course. that was? Yeah, I think for, at a time where you're 18 to 21, mm. I think my version of love was extremely selfish. Mm. And while I liked being in a relationship, I think I liked it for all of the very surface level things okay. that was there, the attention. Okay. And you're kind I of, you think you're, you know what love is, or you think you know what a relationship is. And at the same time, I think I was spread very thin yeah. because first of all, I wanted to graduate and move to LA. Second, it's like, you're just drinking and partying the entire time. <laughs> And then you're just in a small college bubble, bubble. you know, and you, you're you not actually giving in a relationship. So while I love and appreciated what the experience was, I think my definition of what a relationship and what love is now is probably night and day. Okay. You know? But I had to go through that experience. Yeah. Then if you, what was one of the takeaways then, would you say? Um, from that time in college that you really, cause I know you will we'll get to LA cause you ultimately always yes. knew you wanted yes. to end up in Hollywood in Correct. LA. So, but from college, could you look back now and say like, there's something like, oh, okay, this has stuck with me or like this definitely helped me shift or, you know, help me mm. kind of move on or take that next step in life. I always knew what I learned is if you, I, hmm. Playing by the rules can only get you so far. Oh, I learned. (laughs) (laughs) So many like thoughts, right? Or like, you know, fill the blank. Correct. It's Um, like, oh, you need to take a math class. Oh, you should take a social studies class. Oh, you should take this. And it's like all of the stuff that I learned in college probably didn't really set me up for success 
for the rest of my life. Like most people can relate, I'm sure. Correct. And on top of that, I didn't realize how privileged I was because my parents paid for all my college so and my education. So it's when I talk to other college students, I realize, oh, they were taking out loans or they were paying yep. it for themselves or their parents didn't do anything yep. for them, honestly. Mm-hmm. So I realize everyone has, has, we're all here for the same reason, but yeah. we all got there differently. differently. So it's all relative in that situation. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then thank you. First of all, um, then, all right. So you graduate from Hawaii, yes. Hawaii, yes. Hawaii, sorry, <laughs> Hawaii, um, and you then shifted to LA then or transplanted to our, tra- yes. like moved yes. to LA. I'm super blessed. I'm just going to talk about, I realized all the privileges and blessings I had now that I've had some growth of over course. the last couple years of years and i'm like oh back then you don't you think the world is against you mm. and i realized okay we're all not as different as i was taught wow. in a way so i made a short film there it got the wow. attention of the creator of the film school named chris lee and he is like please i mean this with the most respect he's like og hollywood like damn and he's he's a uh, he was head of Columbia TriStar in the '90s. Whoa! And he is this like power Gaijin that <laughs> took me under his wing and said, "Oh, when you get to LA, I'm going to introduce you to everyone." That's dope. And still to this day, I uh. when I compare myself and talk with my other film students, mm. or not film students, film friends who did the same thing, our complete our journeys are completely different because he was able to show me so the much. ropes, quote unquote, of how the industry operates wow so you essentially met like a mentor or like had that mentor mm-hmm. and then just built that relationship and whatnot yes yes wow so how did um he was in hawaii with you then correct obviously. he just happened to be there during that time wow so he was just like a temp, yes. a temp correct a temp. He, no 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 he created the the, the program school, itself. the program itself but he happened to be there as correct. well correct and this is also That's right insane. off of the heels of superman returns which he was executive producer for Jeez. so to me I'm like an 18-year-old kid going, oh my God, like, oh, what did I do? I'm in his office. I'm going to... Precipitate, yeah. like, just met, like, butterflies, correct. everything, correct. right? Correct, correct, Then how was that first experience then? Like, was it just... Like, when I moved to LA? Yeah, or? when you moved to LA. Oh, there were, like, multiple. But I hit the ground running. Moved here, found a room off Craigslist, thought North Hollywood was the same as Hollywood, which it's not. <laughs> and then I... Then he introduced me to Quentin Lee, who was also a like, Lee. very big gay Asian filmmaker and who is like, he's a pioneer for Asian American filmmaking back in like the early 2000s. Wow. And he was also pimping out his new film called The People I Slept With back in 2010. And I got to People like- I slept with, that sounds yeah. so familiar. Yeah, it stars uh, Karen Anna Chung and they, it was just like, I came at the perfect time and he was honestly promoting that movie throughout the entire year wow. so i was like his plus one throughout everything geez so you got connected but i mean this sounds all you know fabulous <laughs> and like you know grand right but you told me it was a struggle like you really worked from the bottom way like your your way yeah yeah up, right? yeah so on top of that it's like there's the glitz and glamour of mm. promoting a film yeah. and then there's also the behind the scenes which is a lot of how do you get it picked up oh. who who funded the movie who wrote it like how do you who pays for the marketing yeah. um and i finally got to really understand it by just making my own mistakes and everything so still during this time i was like working retail like at a mall like i was not so there's like, still that it was not part time right correct and but if i'm not mistaken kevin like this is common for 
anyone that's working yes. right out yes. of college in the film industry right yeah. you're you're just a runner you're doing mm -hmm. you're doing whatever. pa work yeah i i worked on a couple reality tv shows mm -hmm. and i would literally just sit at a computer and transcribe the producer's oh. notes like it's not sexy you guys oh <laughs> like, my gosh not, i was doing that for like free i was doing it for food i was doing it just to hustle so as an intern you really like internship is mm -hmm. is life correct in, in correct. the initial stages Wow. Yes. So then how long did this go on for then? Because like you had, what was, okay, then tell me this then. What was the initial goal at that point, right? Coming out of college and then first coming, landing in LA. Like, were you just like, I just got to work like ASAP or? Yes. Uh -huh. I didn't have too big of an ego. Uh -huh. So I was just like, oh, I literally thought I could move to Los Angeles, walk onto the Sony Paramount lot, lot and be like, hey, give me a job. Like I thought I would just like be picked up. Like I had that dream mm -hmm. and I think we all have that where we're just going to walk, walk somewhere and someone will go, you have a script. Let's make a movie. <laughs> like I thought that's what was going to happen. Plot twist. It didn't happen. <laughs> and I realized there's a lot of nuances mm. on how, how the industry works, mm. you know? So, um, but it wasn't until I was, like I said, I was craving Asian American content and YouTube was like popping off at the time. Mm. So, and I realized at that time, all these Asian Americans were like killing it on YouTube. This was like early 2000s or like, right? 2010, 2010 20, I mean, sorry, 2010. So 10 years, a decade, wow, a decade ago. Yeah. 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 So right when yes. kind of the beginning of the Asian wave, would you say, right? In a way. And I was always thinking, um, I remember when I was producing for a lot of YouTubers mm. back then, 200K was a lot of followers. Wow. That puts things into perspective. You know, today. and there was very few people with mm. a million. Yeah. So I realized when I was producing these things and I would mention views or subscribers to negotiate with people. Yeah. I realized, oh, this is a form of currency. Wow. You this I like I'm I'm on to something. I didn't know what to call it back then, but I would be like, hey, this is gonna get two hundred mil million views. <laughs> Not two this is gonna get a million, million views. views uh -huh. This means something. I'd be like, Oh, okay. Yeah, so you, you can film here. The monetization factor, right? Correct, Anything? correct. It's a form of currency, which uh -huh. is the views and the subscribers. And I was like, oh, I could use this in my arsenal to to negotiate. So then you how so you started technically in the Asian industry, yeah, right? Yeah. Like but then you shifted you said you shifted to kind of like the, the American mm -hmm. industry, like American market. So like before then, what was that shift? Like why did you end up branching out? Was that just something that you always wanted to do or just like you got kind of the last to grow the last startup i was at it was like time to go time to go oh. i think the biggest project that we worked on it completed and i was 27 and i said you know what i have three more years until i'm 30 let me make as many mistakes as possible oh my gosh that is awesome yeah. like i hope a lot of people who are hearing mm. that like understand like you just gotta yeah. No regrets, right? Like, correct, correct. Really that mentality. Yeah. And I hit a point too where it's like, okay, I would like to make money. Like what does that feel like mm. <laughs> not living pay to paycheck wow. to paycheck? So I found an assistant job and mm. I technically like at in the industry, twenty seven is a little old above like, about, like a little older to late be an in assistant. The prime kind of? Correct. Uh -huh. You're supposed to be an assistant from twenty like by the time you graduate college till 25 ish. Oh my gosh. Yes. And then you're supposed to kind of work your way up. <sighs> Get your foot finally foot yes. in the door. Per, yes, yes. Per However, oh I called my good friend, Christina Chow, who is an amazing agent at CAA. And I was like, girl, what do I do? And she gave me the best advice. And I don't think she realized that that 
20, 30 minute conversation really sparked the rest of my career. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to her saying, oh, I only know social media. I only know digital. Is this like, what? Is it too late to get back into the game to go more traditional? The thing that's literally Yes, and she's trending. Said, Isn't that a good thing? <laughs> Isn't that a Facts, good thing that you know up, all of this stuff? Straight up, yo. Yes, straight yes. Up. So I said, so then I worked with Naomi at Lennon Management who mm. taught me the ropes for like digital creators for managing them. And that's when I learned, oh, you can make money with these creators. Oh, you can charge $10,000, $20,000 for an Instagram post and they will pay. And I'm like, interesting. So, wow. Moved over there. <laughs> That's when you made that shift, huh? Mm-hmm. Then what like okay, so if again to ask just so we can kind of like take mm-hmm. that next step is what was the takeaway from the Asian community then like when you were working during that like that time? Money. There is very little money wow. in that the the industry doesn't view that community as a viable source of revenue at this current time yes of course china is a great market well that's china this is like asian americans trying Mm -hmm. to really make a voice in music television film fashion you know yeah so then okay so you get into the american market how was it i mean it was great oh my god it it was like night and day it was night and day. Could you kind of touch on some things that really stuck out then? Yeah, I still token Asian in a sea of like mostly Caucasian white people. Uh, the culture is way different. Mm. It's way more money driven and it's a little more aggressive, I would say. So I think like with a lot of like the Asian American community, yeah. it's like, well, what, like, what's your budget? What you, how much do you have? And then what I learned from working with more traditional Hollywood, it's like, we have $5,000, take it or leave it. Oh, We shit. have like, what's your budget? Oh, it's not 20K, move on, you know? And the relationship with money, it's just numbers. Like all you're trying to do is like show your worth mm. and then you either say it and you move on or you find someone else who else who has the budget. To- so it's a lot of cutting out the bullshit. Correct. Cut out the bullshit and you move forward. Wow. But with that, I don't know. I was just, it's, uh, it's like that. I'm glad I learned both sides yeah. to do business yeah. because now I can do that like when I do work with more Asian American stuff. Of course, because you have that perspective and that exposure. Correct. Then in that community, right, then what was, what was a negative then from that, that time, right? Because you ultimately kind of, Mm -hmm. mm, kind of transitioned out, right? Yeah. Uh, The turnover is very fast (laughs) in agency world. Like if you're in at an agency for a year, you're like OG. You know, a, wait, 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 you said a year. Yeah. Kevin? Yeah. That's nothing. That's nothing at any company. Holy you know, crap. turnover is fast be- and you, I, I don't know if it's cause it's digital on top yeah. of agency stuff. Of course. Yeah. Then I mean like, okay. So, okay. Then let's shift towards what was that transition then? What was that thing where it's like, Kevin, like you were kind of like, okay, I'm over this. I need to start kind of investing in myself. Right. Office you- culture. Office culture? Office culture is the worst. Holy shit. Like Gossip. politics? Politics. Oh, they got a raise, but I didn't. Oh, they hired her over me? What? And it's just like, I am, I'm kind of like an empath. So every time someone would like, oh, put their energies on me, I would for some reason think it's my re- responsibility oh, to feel geez. that. When they project that onto you. Correct. Correct. And it's as when you work 
as an assistant to any high level executive or management, you are also their therapist or not just executing tasks. You're just there to like be the person that they project their emotions on. Oh my gosh. So, and I was a little very good listener. So I would just be, you know, you have to build them up. No, you are a good it's listener. It's part of the job. Definitely. So, so you're their punching bag, essentially. The correct. Emotional, emotional punching bag. bag. Yes. I'm an emotional dumpster that they just dump everything Holy into. Holy shit. And vent correct. to. And but I didn't learn how what to do with that energy. I would always just let oh. it like linger on me. I've now learned that it's, I can't take it personal. So it's just like, cool, vent. And then you move on. Move on. Yes. So don't let it like kind of affect mm-hmm. you in that way and drag mm-hmm. you down. Mm-hmm. I think that's really important. Then okay, so you transitioned, right? Like you, <laughs> you had so many, you held so many positions, right? I guess in a During way during that time as well. <laughs> yeah. Right? And you just handled a, juggling a lot of tasks and whatnot. Correct. Then could you tell us like where what was what did you end up transitioning to after that? Then what was that next like? Um, and then I had like. The discovery year where I worked like three different jobs and just said yes to everything Mm. because my relationship with money, which no one teaches us and any like in education or in high school, even college, no one teaches you. Oh, if you're an independent contractor, 25, 30% goes to the government. Then the rest goes Uncle to Sam. you. Correct. Um, I actually have in my bank account, it's called For Uncle Sam. I oh just, my like, gosh. That is there. hilarious. <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. That is so funny. But no one teaches you that mm. stuff. And I learned that my relationship with money had to change. Mm. So that was like my big wake up year. Then essentially like would you call that corporate that you what you did i would say corporate yes just like in the hollywood industry and like you know entertainment then if when you let you essentially left corporate right so Mm -hmm. what is it now that you're pursuing right like you got your finances kind of in Mm -hmm. order or like you Mm -hmm. paid more attention into that yes and then you realize that and then living in in la like come on the taxes and whatnot yeah uh, yeah i learned that it's now my like selfish period where I can invest in myself. So let's say I saved a whole bunch of money. Mm-hmm. What am I going to do with that? Like, I don't want to just save it and then not be able to live life. Exactly. So now I was, I was like, okay, let's properly budget for stuff. Mm. So is that kind of where you're going now where mm-hmm. it's like you're budgeting for your plans going yes. forward? Could- I'm going to pay for a trainer. <laughs> I'm going to invest in a studio. I'm going to buy equipment, you know? So, so what is the plans now then with uh, Kevin, right? With that budget, uh, right? Like, uh, what what I love is like COVID makes us live day by day. Oh, so facts. who knows how the rest of the year is gonna go? Uh-huh. So it's just honestly taking things day by day. Taking things day by, yeah. day, by day. Then, um, could you let us know kind of like what your main focuses are right now at the moment? Then, like maybe your content, or you're just like you know you're producing, you're mm-hmm. writing, and one on the side, like yeah, um. Opa's house is my main thing. Mm-hmm. So it's just like putting out fun little pieces of content with Danny Opa uh-huh. and then making sure that I just enjoy what I'm doing in a way. I mean, I do have like another job where I do run a team. Of course. And that's, that's great because I've never been in a situation where I'm leading a team and there will come a time where you're not the youngest person in the room anymore. And I'm slowly like, I realized for the last year or so, I wasn't the youngest person in the room. Like you're realizing that, correct? You have like you're you're at that level where or that age where you really just like 
have a different perspective. And yes. Too, right? Yes. And what I want to actively change is because I went through that whole Hollywood system where people kind of either, Hey, I got this for me and it's only for me. I'm trying to flip the switch where I want to be as giving as possible to the next generation. So like, Flip that me to we, right? Yes. Yes. 100%. Put that Danny in the show. Yeah, no, yes. no doubt. Um, Then right now, could you kind of elaborate or touch on like what your team does or like what you're in charge mm-hmm. of and whatnot? Yeah. Yeah. So I run a, a, a collective. Well, it's a collective. <laughs> Let's call it a squad because that's what squad the kids call it. Up, yes. It's go. called Smile Squad. It's created by Markion. We have like over... Ugh, he has over 6 million on Facebook. Oh, We're about to hit a million on YouTube. Congratulations. Yeah, and we have a team of writers, a team of editors, a team of producers, a team of creators, and we put out five to six pieces of original content every every week. Oh my gosh. Yes, so I manage that, that entire thing. That, that workflow and that Correct. system. Correct. Jeez, okay, so yes. that's one thing. Then... That's one thing that you're doing. Then could you kind of elaborate on like what Opa's house is about? Like I am a new Ah. subscriber, (laughs) but like, could you kind of tell like our audience as well? Like kind of like what to expect from Opa's house? Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever just, you learn all of this information, but you never really apply it to yourself? (laughs) You know, like. No no shit. Excuse my language, but yes. yes. That's what we're yeah, all struggling. That's uh-huh. what I'm doing. Cause I've been working in social media for so long and I would give all this amazing advice or I would help my clients through A, B, and C. Mm. And I'm like, well, what if I just give that inv- like advice to myself? Mm. Oh, it actually works. Mm. Oh, you put out consistent content for yourself, your your numbers will grow. Mm. And kind of saying yes to a lot of things. So So like being open to like anything pretty much, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But for myself and not for like a company or for my client, you know? So it's kind of like what you said, right? Off camera, what would I want to watch? Yes. I want to create content that I personally would watch. I think that's really important. Like yes. I really resonated with that because like that changed my perspective of like, yeah, yeah holy crap. Yeah. There's no really overthinking yeah. it. Why not make something that you would want to watch, Correct. right? What do you watch? I watch stuff like this, like, you know, podcasts okay. and then Op- Opa's house recently. Uh, stop. No joke. <laughs> if you guys just want to laugh and no, not no. only just laugh, but- have like have like ADD like I do so like you want just a condensed version of just fun like just check it out like there's mm-hmm. it's really just it's quick and you were big on TikTok as well right yes. oh like, well not I wouldn't say big I mean but you're getting like you have an influence on <laughs> TikTok Correct. which is obviously like we can't ignore the influence that TikTok has it's yes. here it, it's, yes. it's 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 you know with Instagram and whatnot mm-hmm. then is there kind of like a um some advice you kind of can give to like influence, like, you know, just, you yeah. know, you've been in the game. Like, yeah. Could you share kind of like a little thing, yeah. like your insight into that, yeah. that world and whatnot? Uh, personality and consistency. <laughs> that is like the two things. That's wow. it. I think personality can shine despite what model iPhone you have, despite what kind of equipment mm, you have. Facts. As long as it just like shines through the platform, I think that's what's great. And then if you are consistent and one thing blows up, it's your job hopefully to capitalize off of it and okay. move on. Then in your opinion, right, Kevin, out of like the three platforms, like of course there's other platforms, but like out of YouTube, mm. IG, like Instagram and TikTok, like is there a difference in your audience or like is there a different approach for each one yes. that you take? Yes, yes. Oh, shit. Uh, okay. Each one is night and day. If you look at an influencer on 
Instagram and then you look at their TikTok, it will be complete. I guarantee you, it will be completely different. The feed is different. Yes. yes. And even numbers wise, they'll what? have like 100K on inst- on uh, TikTok, uh-huh. but then like, like 5,000 on Instagram. Is it th- makes no sense. I don't know. What the? F- is that just like the audience then? The difference of audience? <gasps> it's a culture. I think the platform on TikTok is way more giving and it's counterculture to Instagram. Instagram, think about it. Put a filter on it. This is what my life looks like. This is what I'm eating. My life is so fabulous. Oh my God, look at this filter. And then TikTok, yeah, TikTok is like, I just woke up this morning. Here's a funny, like, it's, this is me at a horrible angle. Holy crap. You know? So it's way more raw in that aspect? Yes. And it's way, and I think it's because Instagram has created this culture that you have to have the perfect life. TikTok is like, no, this is, this is a version of who, what actually I I am like. Oh, shit. And you said TikTok is, sorry, my knowledge of TikTok is so minimal, but like you said TikTok was kind of like the vine yeah, back yeah, in the day, it right? It is for the vine of It today. is the vine of today. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Would you say the audience is like a more younger? Is there a demographic? That's, 100%. Oh, 100%. 100%? Yeah. Then do you see a difference from your response or your feedback from your audience on YouTube as well then? Um, YouTube's still growing, uh-huh. but I think YouTube is just the runoff of Instagram. Mm. And I think on TikTok, my audience is like, queer anime kids <laughs> <laughs> could you yes. touch on like what like like in regards to anime right is, mm. like because you do like reviews and whatnot right yeah not just on anime but like what's it called um rupaul oh, oh drag, ra- drag race <laughs> yo i heard rupaul yeah like miley cyrus is a huge fan like, yes i heard her yes. podcast with that like and that opened up my like she was into that oh she loves it she's like, a huge drag race fan that community goes deep oh yeah it is a culture within itself oh yes. my gosh yes. okay then it, uh, what i wanted to like touch on with you was how is is the is the gay community the gay community right mm. accepted and different or treated differently in your opinion um between the asian community or the market or the industry and the american industry yeah yeah there's a lot of like intersecting i feel specifically with my experience because it's while the gay community presents itself as we're so accepting i love everyone rainbows and unicorns at the same time within that community it's very segregated and there's a lot of nuances and i think it's something that we're unpacking now due to the whole movement with Black Lives Matter, I think that like really opened up Pandora's box of calling everyone out mm. in a way where it's like, we need to recognize these privileges. That's why I keep going back to privileges because I didn't realize how privileged I was uh, until this year. So, I mean, of course, I'm glad you yes, do realize yes. that. Um, and I don't know. I mean, would you say that the like your treatment though in regards to like were you treated differently? Would you say? Or w- I think it's like two sides of the coin because like sometimes yeah. uh, being gay is a privilege because I people treat me especially females. I can talk to females in a way that most of my straight counter uh, counterparts cannot. Not at all. So yeah, there's facts. a level of like. Uh, comfortability that I can just naturally navigate. navigate and that has worked in business that has worked in friendships that has worked to my favor honestly a lot mm-hmm. I think it I can I can play that up in a way so it's making people feel safe at the same time like the other side of the coin is yes I have experienced like homophobia and yes it Shit. is something that it's like 
maybe they don't want to do business with me because I am gay. Who knows? But it's a Who reality, knows? you're saying. Correct. Like, it's not just, like, show. Correct. Yeah. Then, if you don't mind me asking, Kevin, like, is there, like, a, a moment that you can kind of describe that sticks out that you felt that, uh-huh. like, that, homophobia? that hate or that homophobia? Uh, there's one when I was, like, in high school mm. and we were doing a film group project together mm-hmm. and I... It was like four of us. I went in the back seat and then one of the guys refused to get in the back seat with me just because he was like, I'm not sitting in the back. And it was like this unspoken tension because we knew why. But at the same time, we're all like 16 years old. So we didn't have to say it. So then the other guy who I was actually like friends with was like, okay, I'll sit in the back. Thank God. You know? What a home. And it was just that unspoken tension. That stuck with you. Uh, correct. Or not. Correct. Then, Where I was like, oh, mm. he's not, he doesn't want to sit in the back seat with me because I'm gay. Jeez. But I mean, in high school, okay, I understand. You're in, we're immature. Correct. Right? Correct. Like, like as adults, when you're working, like you're in the workplace, mm-hmm. you talked about the politics and whatnot. Mm-hmm. It must have been fucking tiring. A little bit. I also think, though, too, in my industry, digital is very open. Oh. It's very open with like the queer community. Mm, and it's I all, see. it is a little more forward thinking and i think too if word gets out that a company is like homophobic or there are homophobic things like they're canceled it's game over correct now. correct yeah or racist or prejudice yes or whatever, yes right? if it hits any one of those things i think now we're at a time where that is bad pr and you could take a stand right? correct correct then i love what the like okay that community for sure it like your guys' time is is here. Like it, we're in the now, <laughs> yes. right? Like it yes. definitely is. Um, but what would you say is kind of a downside being part of that community? Because I'm sure within the community, mm. there's things like you know, why didn't he you know represent this or why didn't mm-hmm. she do this, right? Yeah. Like why didn't she post this about this? You know what yeah. I mean? Or like promote us. Correct. It's right? a struggle because you can't make everyone happy. Oh shit! You know, <laughs> so it's and the it's same. It, it's the same everywhere. I think we're going through similar struggles, but it's you know, it's always like, oh, they're not gay enough or, oh, they didn't say anything about gay Asians or gay people of color or oh, gay disabled people, goodness. you know, and it's, it's really hard because it's, it it's one of those things because sexuality touches upon every aspect. It goes into race, religion. Everywhere, um, trickles down. Correct. Here. Whether you're male, female or whatever it is you're in between, mm. it's, it's a very, very large spectrum. Jeez. <laughs> Within that community Correct. as well. Correct. Oh my gosh. Yes. Then, um, sorry to shift, right? Where do you see, because like what I love is that you were able to work in both industries, right? Both mm-hmm. Asian and American, right? Mm-hmm. And let's be real, right now in this time, like the Asian wave is as strong as it has been. Like we've talked about this, right? With not just BTS, like, you know, not just in the music industry, but the film industry yes. as well with Parasite and yes. whatnot, right? And then recently Mulan, yeah, uh, you that was a moment. <laughs> that was a chapter, sure. But I ah. did agree with what you said. What live action Disney movie is honestly good? Yeah, thank you, thank you. Like facts, like, like sorry, Lion we... King, sorry, all like yeah. These are these are like OG movies that we love, and if anything, it's just more respect to the original. Sorry, like, correct original film correct. itself. Right? Like whoever was like, yeah, I loved uh, Will Smith in Aladdin. Oh, like, come. no, you don't know. I didn't even that. watch that, Said, but yeah. come on. When you saw that, like Correct. you ain't replacing Robin Williams, Correct. his voice and all that 
all respect to the freshmen, we all love Will Smith, but I totally yeah. agreed with that point. The like, thing is, we all we keep giving them our money because we keep thinking <laughs> the next one will be good. Because <laughs> we have this hope, right? Correct. And that's what drives Correct. you know yes. Disney and marketing and all of yes. that. Then, sorry, I'm um, sorry to go off tangent, but like, what do you see with the Asian market? Like, I know we touched upon this off my camera, but like, could you share with our audience like your personal opinion? Like, do you see this as just like a fucking trend that's just gonna die out, right? Because mm. Asians are so fucking trendy. Correct, right? correct. Or do you think this is something that we can actually like capital? Or not cap? That sounds so yeah. monetary. I know, I know it's all about fucking money. All right, correct. but like, no, it's not right. If you really think about it, like. It, what really matters is not money, but what everyone cares about is, but what I'm worried about is that this Asian wave will just die out mm, mm. and it'll just be a trend. Yeah. What's I, your thoughts? On, yeah. on, um, on a business level, money. That's <laughs> like the main thing. Thank you. However, Thanks. on the bigger picture of it is seeing those faces on screen for little kids, I think is going to it's it's astronomical of the influence that it has you know so i like representation seeing as many different faces as possible mm -hmm. that are people of color on a screen that are not just background but actually like <laughs> fully fleshed out characters i think really does emanate with it when you're a kid i don't know if you your parents would be like oh there's an asian person on screen and it's like a person in yes. the background facts wow i never even thought about that but you're right we would always say that there's an asian yeah, there's person. a in our in our we're, we're kind of trained to like spot out if there's an asian person yeah subconsciously and it's almost like you support them you're like you almost yeah you're like for good them, job right you're like <laughs> good second. job dana chang like you did it you did it you're oh a background in gray's anatomy gosh, you that know is so funny so then um <laughs> i'm sorry let me just like soak that yeah. in okay then with then you believe that we truly can grow into a... Because let's be real. We talked about this. Excuse me if I'm being racist, but like Hollywood is still controlled by a majority, you know, that non-Asian, mm -hmm. the American, like white, yes. white yes. American. Yes, uh, white straight I mean? men still control Hollywood. Let's be real. Thank you yes. <laughs> for saying yes. it. Um, he said it. I didn't say it. I'm just kidding. But, <laughs> I don't um, mind saying No, real talk though. That's facts. And... It seems like Asia or the Asian market, even not not just Asian, the non-American market is trying their best to obviously change that. You know, people like Kanye, you know, people have their opinions about him, but he's definitely being transparent with the fact that Hollywood is controlled by these, these yeah. white, you know, yeah. straight men. And they it needs to change. Like mm -hmm. we need to empower not just the artists, but other, you know, communities and markets as well. Mm -hmm. And do you think that shift is going to change or like are, are we... Is it up to us to? I hope so. I that? think it's everything. I think it's up to us to to vote with our dollars because it's the only way that I think will act. You have to think. You have to communicate to these people in a way that they understand. Mm. And the main thing that we all understand is money. Because like you dollars. said the numbers, right? Correct. How is the box office? Why is the box office thing such a thing? Why are views such a thing? Mm. You can't deny a view. You can't deny marketing. If it if if a movie kills in the box office, if BTS kills records on Spotify, mm. you cannot debate that. Numbers Labels are like, oh, a lot of people are streaming BTS. That means something. You know? They really focus on the data and the statistics. One hundred percent. Because the bottom line is all that Correct. all that matters, Correct. right? That is the currency of today. The All currency right. of today is streams and views and followers and subscribers and then engagement. 
tell me this then like in regards to the the gay community right um we're seeing a lot more shows right really giving you guys a platform like we mentioned or touched on queer eye i can love mm-hmm. that show like Bless. i will same that till the day I, like same. it's fire it's like and oh my god teams. yeah like yeah. remind me of jonathan yes. oh my god thank you yeah oh my god that's that's a compliment thank you no he's yes. he's basically carson which is why the only person that i remember is carson because you know they're mm-hmm. the they're mm-hmm. like the life of the show, yes. given all of them to have yes. their... You know. No, JVN is the soul of Queer Eye. You know what I mean. So um, anyway, sorry to go off tangent, but do you think that's something with Hollywood, again, in the same way that I asked you with the Asian, the Asian industry, do you think the LGBTQ community will also be able to continue their exposure? Yeah, 100%. I think the queer, the gay community has been here for a while, and I think... America and viewers know now that a, a gay person or is like kind of three-dimensional, mm. you know? So now it's kind of opening it up more of, is that us? Oh, sorry. No, that is not us. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. What the heck? Sorry, guys. Uh-huh. Uh, so now it's like opening it up that now a gay person can be a gay person of color. And that's why I think like Queer Eye has done amazing things is because the cast is diverse. The last one wasn't really that diverse. That is so true. Oh you my know? gosh. They, yeah. yeah. You have Tan, all. you have Karamo, yep. and you have like a really pretty guy <laughs> who is Antony. So you just hit all these like different Literally, demographics. They did it. Then, okay. Religion. Mm. Big issue. I know you struggle with it too personally, like we all do, right? How has that played a role in your life? Just your faith and just your belief, right? Not just within your household. I'm sure it started with your parents and how they raised you, but how has that played a role in your life? Yeah, I think I think religion is something that is enticing for queer people and the gay community because it it presents itself as we're all in this together. There is something bigger than Kumbaya. us. Yeah. Like we're so like, isn't this amazing? Look at the, the like, it's a show. If you think about it, religion is a like theatrical <laughs> show. I'm sorry to say it, but yep. Yeah. And it's, uh, there's music, there's dancing. Oh. There's like so many theatrical stuff to it. Especially for the kids. Oh my gosh. For you're so right. For real. We all have been in like that manger play. Like, Hello. Easter is like the biggest thing. Oh my God. Anyways. Okay. Uh, but religion itself, yep. I think is something that is enticing to gay people, but I think it has also scarred the community the most. No doubt. You know, mm. and it's very, very nuanced and everyone has had a different um, experience with it. Cause it's a, it's such a gray, gray is not even a joke. Correct. I don't even think that's like justifiable for yeah. like the situation, but it's such a great area. Yeah. Um, then in your opinion, what is that? What is the main struggle then? Not just yourself personally that you feel in the gay community that yeah. we can, that we definitely need to address, not just as, or like just coming from a man of faith over here, but just like, you know, just as a brother to you, yeah. like wanting to understand mm. and really try to, cause like you said, there's two sides of the coin and like Christians are just like us Christians, right? We are as judgmental as anyone can be. And that's unfortunate to some people. Yeah. And so could you kind of touch on like what you think from your perspective is something that we from both communities can address that hopefully we can overcome or is maybe one of the issues. It's blocking. funny to me because both communities preach the main thing, which is love. <laughs> 
and acceptance. Uh, and it is very confusing and conflicting that it's like, are we, <laughs> we both say love, but I think all of love. our definitions of love are completely different. Facts. You know? And I don't know if we're all reading the same book. I don't think we're all speaking the same language. I don't know if we're listening to the same music. Like there are just, we're just like not on the same page. Like I'm probably reading a book, but you're reading like an, an ebook or something. <laughs> like a complete different platform. For real, you're on a Kindle all. and I'm just like, oh, well, I don't know what to do. Like, what are we doing? So I don't, it's, I think it does all start with a conversation. And I Man. love these conversations Man. because I think it's something that is, it makes me feel like there's more hope. Oh, in a way thank and you. there's also very few people like yourself that are willing to be vulnerable with Absolutely. someone from another community no doubt you know like what sparked your interest on in wanting to like just like learn more because i've always been that guy who just never had an opinion towards gay people like were why you taught anything about gay people no just like what the church told us obviously like you know Which homosexuality was. is wrong because it's biblically like so if you were taught that why why didn't you not believe it like believe that uh, homosexuality is wrong because everyone's a human being mm. like at the core level it's they're human being and like if you treat them that way like yes i was immature as fuck back in the day i'm sure i hurt people that may have like i may have made um you know politically incorrect or not just politically incorrect just not good remarks yes. or you know comments right but looking back onto it it's kind of like at least I never took that step where like I disrespected or really like hurt someone directly, right? But at the same time, I didn't do my job of being someone that was available to these people. A simple hello, are you fucking kidding me? Like, can you not do that? Or yeah. a simple like, how are you? Correct. Like a real how Correct. are you, not hello, how are you? Yeah. You know what I mean? To bounce off of that, I think both sides are thinking that it has to be the most extreme thing. Yeah. For example... Um, from someone who's more like religious yeah. and conservative I, in that aspect. Yeah. yeah more conservative. Yeah. I think they're thinking, Oh, I have to go now walk in a pride parade and wave a rainbow flag. See, that's and, not you what, know, I what I'm to, saying. I know exactly what you say. All we like, we're, I'm not asking for that facts, you know, facts. it's like, just, Hey, treat me as an equal or let's have a conversation of why we both think are, yeah. are feeling this way. And I think from like a gay person's perspective, it's like, we think religion is, oh, we got to go to church every Sunday. Oh, we have to like read it this. It feels like a task where it shouldn't be. Correct. I see what you mean when Correct. it should be a relationship with God. Yeah. Or like it comes also with um, the shame from the community oh. because if we say, so oh, we're Christian, it's very conflicting of how the hell are, are you, you Christian? Christian? You know, when you're gay. Thank you, you know? for that. Because like I really, for a non-gay person, right, and a Christian, like, I hate teeter-tottering over like, you know, I don't want to step on someone's toes or I want to say, I don't want to say something that'll be like, you know, insulting or like, mm. you know, disrespectful to someone. No, I just want a real conversation where I can be like that kid, that innocent person, kid who really just is curious and doesn't know yeah, and needs yeah. to know in order to build that conversation. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You like how I mean? do we get both sides to a neutral point yeah. where then we can now, but that takes, <laughs> that takes time to get to a, a level Agreed. where we're both on the Definitely. same wavelength. Definitely. We can't rush it. I, I totally agree with you. Correct. Because I do have people that I know that are believers and are gay. Right. And like yourself too, you're in that process. You do believe, I'm sure. Or could you speak on that? Like, what do you believe in? Right, technically. What does Kevin currently 
I'm sorry to get so deep. I know that's a deep question, but like, what is what is technically Kevin's belief then in regards to religion or just like your your life, your morals? Like, what is that? Great question. Yeah, sorry. Um, if I had to break it down, yeah. like if I if I had to check on the box, like when are you, Kevin? <laughs> sorry, guys. Personally, I, mean, yeah. I would choose like E, none of the above. Mm. And but I do. Maybe we could like figure this out together is like i do believe in gratitude mm. so if that was like my main thing Amen. to kind of go towards it's like gratitude but then also um equality balance 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 logic Maybe, yeah lo sure i love science <laughs> science is great i numbers i don't know but i i think yes balance and gratitude is some of like the key points that mm. i like like to live my life definitely in a way when you say that, uh, tell me if I'm wrong, right? I kind of see it like you're balancing between physical life and spiritual life. In a, in way, a way. In a way. Right? Or it's like enjoying certain things. I don't know. Balance of like happy and sad. Like you can be, uh, it's totally fine to be super happy. Sometimes you're super absolutely. sad. Absolutely. And it's totally fine to be super And then you'll sad. eventually come back to the middle. And you find that equilibrium. Correct. See what correct. Mean. Correct. Then, like Parasite is such a good movie. It's both <laughs> funny but it's also, so, oh, oh my, my God, yes. Like it, mm, yes. That summed it up, literally that last, yes. that last little, <laughs> mm, yeah, definitely. Then um, if you don't mind me asking, like um, could you kind of conclude us or sign us off on just one last message that you feel that you want to share with our audience? Um, yeah, just to kind of like conclude this part yeah. of the-, the Can podcast. you give me an example? So- like what how would you sign off on this based on your your experiences or some sort of advice or some sort of godsend moment or something that you feel that someone needs to hear or may be able to relate with with you mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. so like you're giving advice to a, your younger self oh god what the hell would you say there we go sorry i was trying to think of mm. right mm. It's easier than you think. Holy shit. How so? It's easier than it's easier to be nice than to keep everything in and be <laughs> extremely passive aggressive or overthink everything. Wow. It's it's way easier to be the bigger person and just say sorry. It is not that hard. Oh my. But we make it harder on ourselves. So reaching out and saying i'm sorry reaching out and saying i'm here reaching out and saying how was your day it's not that hard honestly but we overthink it and think oh if i do this then a b and c will happen just do it and then you know? end up not communicating and then you end all. up not doing it at all thank you thank you thank you no thank you um that'll that'll conclude th that portion of the podcast thank you so much kevin yes Victor yes right, i'll see you later yeah <laughs> um we actually end our shows with like a quick fire round of Hot. questions. Yeah, if you don't mind. Oh, um, not at all. Then yeah, you want to get into that? Yes, all let's right, do perfect. it. Let's do it. All right. So first question is: So you gave us, you gave advice to your uh, younger self. I'll start off with this then. What is the worst piece of advice you've ever received? Ooh, oh, oh, oh! This is coming to me. <laughs> the worst. What is the worst piece of advice, advice I have? Kevin ever has ever received. received. I've heard. I've received so much. <laughs> I've received so much. Just one, please, if you can. I'm not trying oh to bring these back for you. Put your Instagram link in your dating profile. <laughs> can you please explain why? Oh, I, my gosh. I think if you put 
it, it's if you put your Instagram link in your dating profile, too much information. Oh. Too much information for the person, and then they can that gives them more reason to be like, oh, they like this, they follow this person, this person, this person. The dating profile mm. is just there to whet their appetite and hopefully <laughs> swipe right. Like that's it. So too much information is given right Correct. off the bat. Correct. They need to get to know you. Yes. That's the point of a coffee. That's the point of a date. That's Amen. the point is to get to that's. you can get to know someone based off their Instagram in like 30 seconds that's and you scary. already know them. That's you know? definitely true though. For sure. Thank you. Great answer. Um next question is the most memorable experience you've ever had with maybe like working on a show, working on like a set or with a, with a celebrity like that you've encountered that you can recall maybe off the top of your head. Yeah. The nicest Hollywood family that I still keep in touch with today is the Stewart family. I know them all. I love them all. There's a mutual respect. Uh -huh. And I met them, I think now 10 years ago. Wow. And we still keep in contact. That is, if, for those of you who don't know, could you tell yes. us who, who the Stewart family is? Oh yeah. yeah, it's a Boo Boo Stewart who was in Twilight. He was in X-Men, uh, Days of Future <sighs> Past. Uh, he's in Descendants, all that huge, huge Disney franchise. Come on now. Hello. Okay. Um, and then Fievel Stewart, who is his sister. Uh -huh. And she is like, I, we met at a time where I was a little bit distant with my sister and in a way, now that I look back on it, she was the little sister that I never got to really That's awesome. guide during mm. that time. And we like, she's now killing it. She just got on a tour movie with Sandra Oh. With Sandra yes. Oh? Yeah, it's oh, called Kuma. With um, it's Yeah, it's a horror movie. Oop. Oh. It's been announced. It's been announced. Oh, okay, no, it's okay, been okay. announced. It's good. We're good. Yes, We're good. But yes. congratulations. Shout out yes. to her. That's awesome. Okay. Yes. Um, the next question is your proudest moment or feeling of like satisfaction like holy shit kevin good fucking job like this is something for the books like definitely yes. like i did like i deserve um, that pat on the back i produced a music video for my boy joseph vincent and it was like this huge shoot and at the time i was like 26 wow 25 26 mm. and i was feeling like can i do this can i handle this project and I did it. I produced the entire thing. And I saw that thing from start to finish. And it really felt like I put a stamp of Kevin Fong on it because I, in my opinion, it couldn't have happened without me. Without Through casting and, and who we, just the conversations and moving things forward, I feel. Yeah. So you definitely had that moment where like, holy shit, I, I know my value. Correct. correct. I, I did this yes. shit. Like shit happened because I put in that work. Yeah. Right. And there was... That was the first time I was intentional mm -hmm. with saying everything happens from the top down. Mm -hmm. If the top is like messy and not professional and not on their stuff, then it's just going to trickle down. So, so in that aspect, leadership, it really starts oh, with wow. leadership, right? Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Okay. And then last and final question. Where does What's your favorite food? <laughs> I know. Like, <laughs> I was gonna ask what your favorite movie is. But What's like, your favorite? I, ice I cream? thought that was such a like. Okay, <laughs> but um, last question is, where does Kevin see? What is Kevin's ultimate goal like right now? Like, what is Kevin's like in one year? Like, oh, this is what I, I want Kevin. To do. I want to be happy Ooh. and happier. Yes. Ooh. Yes. Whatever it looks like, just be happy. I mean, with that said, I think that's, um, we'll end it on that note. Thank you so much, oh, Kevin, just thank for your you. time. Um, uh, thank you. Yeah, do, oh you my God. Mind, hey, do you mind telling everyone how they can, you know, reach out to you or connect with you and whatnot? Yeah. Uh, yeah uh, Instagram, in. just level four alpha. Level four alpha. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Which is from American Horror Story. 
Yes. For FYI, for those of you guys who didn't yes. know. So, <laughs> yeah, so they can reach out. That's the best place to reach out to sure. you, right? Um, so thank you again, Kevin, just for your time. Um, thank you, audience, for just tuning in. Um, once again, this is the Gossam Podcast. I'm your host, Raymond Chi. And thank you again to Kevin. Uh, until next time, take care and God bless. Peace. Yo, thank you again for tuning in. For more information on everything you just heard, please check out this week's episode show notes or head over to godsendpodcast.com. Peace.